The Weekly Driver podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today for your chance to win a 2018 Mustang RTR Spec 3. Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I am the editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com, and I am an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group. My co-host is Bruce Aldrich, and today we are in Sacramento, back from the LA Auto Show, where lots of manufacturers were talking about cars of the year, and it got me to thinking about my annual cars of the year list, which I always do at the end of the year. So. This episode is going to be about 2017 Cars of the Year. Bruce has a lot of expertise, so good morning, Bruce, and what do you think about Cars of the Year? Good morning, James. It's a good idea. I'm all fired up after L.A. That was a fantastic show. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's talk about, you got a list, correct? I have a list, and kind of uh, for full disclosure, um, I guess is the best way to term it, um, I, I drove 38 2017 model cars. Some of them I drove in, in uh, 2016, some of them I drove in 2017, that's how the automotive world works. And um, so we're only going to pick cars, 10 cars that I had a chance to drive out of the 38. It would be unfair to pick, you know, a Maserati or another car that's, um, that people have been talking about if, if I hadn't at least, you know, driven it for half a day or something. So these are all cars that um, the, the weekly driver, of course, is based on the fact that I get a car each week to drive. and and uh, 38 full reviews this year, and we're going to go through the list. Um, Bruce and I have already talked about one of the cars, so I'll let Bruce talk about it first. It's uh, the wonderful world of Bentley, and it's the number one on the list. Uh, not necessarily the best, but just number one on our list is the Bentley Bentayga. Well, back up a minute. Yep. 38 cars. You're not kidding me. I'm not kidding you. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I wish I had that many to do. That's, oh, boy, I've driven maybe a quarter of those. Probably, Something like probably, that. Probably, yeah. The top of the list for us is the uh, Bentley Bentayga, mm -hmm. which is a very high-end, it's a fancy Audi Q7, slightly different sheet metal, but totally different everywhere else. It's a 600-horsepower machine, V12. Anyway, this thing goes like stink. It, it handles well. It, bar none, that's my favorite car of the year, if not of the whole universe. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, um, we know some of the specs on the car, and, and they're so, as you would say, your, one of your favorite terms is off the hook. So if you're thinking about SUVs, sometimes you're thinking, well, the, the SUVs are made for comfort. They're for soccer moms. They're for different things. But this is really a supercar because it's the fastest SUV ever made, if I have that correct, at 187 miles per hour. I can't imagine yeah. an SUV going 187. No, nor I. And zero to 60 in like four seconds? Yep. This thing is the real deal. It's ridiculously priced. The one that we drove was over three hundred thousand dollars. Right. It's it's absurd, right? But if you have that money, you're actually getting. I don't know if quite what you paid for, but you are getting something well over a standard like the Audi Q7 that it's based on. Oh, there's no doubt. I had the fortune, good fortune, to take uh, my wife to a, a Bentley dinner. Boy, we had. First-class treatment, of course, it was very, very nice, but when we, we had somebody actually drive us in, in that car and drive us back, and, you know, it, it has everything you could imagine. Over the top with um, 
uh, the different kinds of wood, the, the, everything is just first class, the champagne flutes in the back of course, it, full luxury, uh, everything is great and, and you don't even know you're, in, I mean, you're all going along the road and it's so quiet that it's hard to imagine being in an SUV that drives like a, well like a Bentley sedan and um, just total comfort. Some of the other things, of course it's 6 liter V12 and it just four seconds from zero to 60 who would have, who could imagine that an SUV would have that power exactly uh, it does everything it allow to accelerate most cars heck the thing has four-wheel drive you can go skiing in this car you, this is a car that you can really use you know there's other cars obviously that you can spend 300 grand on your different Ferraris and such and you know you have to be careful backing out of the driveway so you don't clip the the spoiler, this thing, you can drive it. It's just a regular car that does everything very, very well. Yeah, I made one comment that it's like, a, it's like sitting in a, a luxury, high-end high luxury sedan that wants to be an SUV or has a split personality um, to be an SUV as well. It's, it's like sitting in a, in, a, in a plush sedan, but you get all of the um, versatility of being in an SUV. Right, and, and the fun, I guess, if you have money, is you get to pick the hides, you know, the stitching color, everything. Yes. So uh, you, you do get something. Right, and then also, we also had a chance to drive another Bentley uh, earlier in the year, and one of the things we both commented on, and others have commented on, is that, you know, Bentley uh, has this approach to vehicles that, while they're fine vehicles, they're not ostentatious. You, you're going down the road and you're driving behind a Bentley, Unless you see that Bentley logo and you know that it's a Bentley, for some other reason, you don't know what's a Bentley because they're very subtle from the, from the rear, and which, which I think is a, is a positive because um, you know, you're not, you're not uh, show-offy, if you will, but if you're in the car, then you know what you have. But from, from the road, it doesn't really, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't speak, dig me. No, yeah, people don't, uh, you know, there's not a thumbs up and a two to the horn when that thing goes by. They, no. Nobody, it's, it's invisible. It's, uh, it's a stealth luxury car. Fantastic. I like the way you said that. <laughs> yeah, you go to the club, uh, if you don't see the badge on it, uh, people are just thinking you're just whatever. Oh, well, that's a nice car. I mean, it all looks like a nice car, but it doesn't look like 300 grand. No, no, it doesn't at all, which is, as, as we said, which is a positive. So, moving on. Um, Hyundai, uh, for a long time, for its, most of its tenure, made the Genesis. And now the Genesis is now its own brand, much like other companies have introduced their high-end brands uh, from the original brand. So Genesis is not on its own now. You still buy the Genesis at Hyundai dealerships, but soon they're going to have their own dealerships. So earlier in this year, earlier this year, I drove the 2017 Genesis G90, which I thought fantastic sedan I'd put it on par with you know all of the well-known uh, high-end sedans Mercedes and so forth I just thought it was a fantastic car um, it's getting it's gotten rave reviews it's a uh, price at about sixty nine thousand dollars with you know most of the cars I, I test driver that you know the, the top of the line they put a lot of the the optional equipment on them so the the uh, base price is sixty eight thousand and one thing good about the Genesis and also about Hyundai is they include so much in their um, equipment that comes standard that their Hyundai's prices aren't that much higher with all the good stuff on them so that's another really good thing about a Hyundai I, I love the way this car accelerated it's it's quiet it's plush it drives down the road and people people still to this day I can't imagine they say I would never buy a Hyundai no no way it's a it's a South Korean car 
and I'm thinking, you, until you drive one, you don't know what you're in. It drives pretty well. I do recall this, this vehicle. It, it seems that the, I think the motor's a little noisier than the, the folks from uh, Germany or, or Japan. Uh, just not, it's just a little rough around the edges in, in some places. Um, I don't know. You certainly don't in any panache, that's for sure. No. But it's, it's a fine vehicle. If you don't care about the nameplate, uh, you know, it's a fine car, and I love the warranty. Yeah, that's typical, you know, that the Hyundai and uh, Kia have the 10-year, 100,000-mile. I think Mitsubishi has that now, too. But, but I, I wrote for my final comments on the car. I said, it's hard to imagine a new luxury sedan infiltrating a market stocked with iconic well-established customer favorites, but if any any car can do it, it's the Genesis. The new spinoff from Hyundai works well at at priced at $25,000 less than the leaders of the pack. Your point's well made, and one of the things you also have to consider is, you know, if you're in the market for a Mercedes-Benz and you're looking at a used Mercedes, the resale value of these well-established cars is is ahead of the, the Hyundai. Because sure, you, what yeah. about the resale? Well, that would be a downfall until it becomes as established, if it does, as you know, German Audi or Mercedes-Benz and Jaguar, for example. Sure, that's a factor. Yeah. Okay, number three on the list is a car that I also obviously really liked. It's the first car I've been aware of that the gas model and the hybrid model are priced the same. And that's the Lincoln MKZ Hybrid, $41,000 price point. Um, Lincoln, in the last couple of years, we've been to the LA car show together, LA auto show together, and we've seen that... Lincoln has really tried to up its game and reintroduced the Lincoln as it was a prestige car years ago. Kind of forgotten about, I would say, in the last 10 or 15 years. They're trying to build themselves up like Cadillac like did trying, trying 10 to build years them, ago. Yeah, trying to build themselves up. So this is um, this MKZ Hybrid, when it first came out, was available in the Bay Area uh, at Ford Lincoln dealerships. And I just said I really liked it because... The MKZ Hybrid negotiates the standard 0 to 60 miles per hour test at 8.9 seconds, 1.6 seconds slower than the gas editions. Both trims offer quiet rides, although the Hybrid has a distinct drone while gaining speed. I guess my overwhelming thing about this car is that the fuel range is 560 miles, and the combined freeway and sitting, uh, city and driving estimate at 40 miles per gallon in a nice sedan is pretty impressive, and it costs the same as the gas model. Yes, I'm still not real sold on these hybrids. They, there's just so much more complexity. Um, they don't, what are they, you know, 6% six, 6 better gas mileage? Yeah. I'm not sure on those things yet. I think they're still in the uh, hobbyist stage or, uh, you know, like you're trying to, it's a science project in my mind. I, I still, <laughs> I like, I still I just it. don't, wouldn't deal with them, but it's the same price. And you know you're going to have it for four years. It's a lease, and uh, hey, yeah. why not? That's but, a good point. But to buy it and keep it for ten, if you're, well, who who buys those things? The older folks, right? You know, that's their last. <laughs> Guess that's what, their, Bruce? That's the last car. <laughs> That'll be my last car. So yeah. I, I don't care about the resale or yeah. what have you. Well, that, those are good points. But as you all know, we're both past sixty now, so maybe. Time to start thinking about those, or we're going to play I'm, young? I'm, I'm going to hold out and get the full electric <laughs> okay. or something. All right, all right, good. So number four is the Toyota Prius Prime, priced at $36,000. Um, I drove this car during uh, the Tour of California, which is the country's largest bike race. I drove it from um, you know, Sacramento to the Los Angeles area and back. I thought it was fantastic. I drove um, 
you know, an amazing amount of miles in two weeks. And I, when I was all said and done, I, um, my gas costs were just under $90. I mean, it, it's hard to imagine that you'd do so well. But um, I didn't use the all-electric part of the car, which is um, 25 miles per charge. And I just wrote that um, the top-line Prius Prime was a comfortable sedan with signature Prius features. The rear view was obstructed by the hatchback design. The short shift knob was unique and fun to use. The ride was quiet, except for some high-speed rear seat windrush. Uh, not many hybrids can change a mainstream buyer's car habits. The Prius Prime should. I just thought in terms of hybrids, you know, for years they've looked like space vehicles. Nobody can cut, what is that? Why does it look so ugly? What's that weird looking back? I just think that the Prius Prime is the, the best car that Prius has put out for the money and for the mileage and for the rebates that you get. So I was very impressed with, with this, taking, driving the car, you know, 12, 13, 1400 miles in, in a couple of weeks. It's well put together. It's uh, number one on your list when you're going to buy a car is gas mileage, then this is for you. I mean, it's good, good gas mileage. This is a plug-in electric, correct? So you have to be plugging it in or you're not going to enjoy all those good mileage uh, per gallon claim. To me, they're just boring. Uh, <laughs> they don't handle well. They don't accelerate well. They don't right. stop well. They don't do what a car is supposed to do. unless If you're going to L.A. to Sacramento every day or you're doing who knows, 15,000 miles a year on your car, Right. gas mileage is a huge importance, then get one. But otherwise, for most folks, they're just too boring and it's just not worth it. Okay, fair enough. Oh, by the way, the, uh, the, the suggested retail price on this car is $33,100. And as I mentioned, that I tested it at $36,000. If you look at the average price of a car in the U.S., sometimes I refer to this about $32,000. So I think you know, if, if people think, well, the, the, the hybrids cost a lot more, they're not, you know, where does the battery come from, what's the life of the battery, people talk about that kind of stuff all the time. I think for the price point in the hybrid world, this is a pretty good, pretty good value. Number five on the list is the Kia Niro. Uh, it's a new a subcompact hybrid utility vehicle that looks more like a handsome streamlined wagon. It's new to the lineup of Kia. It was introduced at the Chicago Auto Show in 2016. And it uses a 1.6 hybrid electric powertrain with 139 horsepower. Uh, I just thought it was uh, for the price point again. They call, they're calling it the unhybrid because it uh, it drives like a, a non-hybrid. It has the comfort. I just thought for the for the price point again under 30,000 for you know 3,000 dollars. Let's say less than the average price of a new car. Uh, it also won me over as a as an up and coming hybrid. I like the Nero. It, uh, I guess any car under thirty grand just impresses me. How much yes. you get these days? Thank you. Uh, they're so close. They have most of the uh, options and all is the big boys that you're paying fifty, sixty thousand for, but you're getting them for under thirty. Now, obviously, they're they're it's a lighter car. Um, yes. It's a little noisier. Blah. Everything is not as good as the, you pay twice as much for. Right. But they for thirty grand, it's an amazing car. I almost forgot it had one impressive feature that when you buy a hybrid also often you have a compromised trunk space because they have these big batteries and so forth and you you look in the trunk and you can't put anything in the trunk this one they put the batteries under the rear seat so there's no uh, restrictions there's no no compromised uh, cargo space so they did that efficiently yeah they designed the car around the, the powertrain yes Okay, uh, let's see. Number six is Mazda 3. 
Um, everybody knows that Mazda uh, stopped making their rotary engines several years ago, and now they have uh, a regular engine, and the Mazdas have vastly improved. Uh, the Mazda 3 is uh, $27,700 as I tested it, and let's see, it has a, a compact, sort of very infrequently uh, defined as zippy, but for, for a, the little car that it is, the Mazda 3 uh, does zippy pretty well. It's responsive and it's authoritative, and you can turn and maneuver the car through traffic. It, it makes it a fun car to drive, and it also has a manual transmission, which you and I are in the same, uh, same mindset. I think we still like to drive a car on occasion and shift through the gears. So that's, that's a good thing. So I think you drove the Mazda Yeah, I, I recall I drove this car. Yeah. And it, like you say, it had the six-speed, which, you know, I guess it makes, uh, it's almost like having a convertible version of whatever car it is. It just feels fun. Well, you put the six-speed in that Mazda 3, and it feels zippy and fun, and it's great. But I think with an automatic, it's a nice car. It's quiet. It's, it's another car, like I say, it's under 30 grand. I'm impressed with it. Yeah, has 184 horsepower, gas mileage 25 in the city, 33 on the highway. And, uh, you know, I think I, I see a lot of them on the road, so I know that they're, they've become quite popular. And I think that, you know, the shifting, is, it's a short shift and it's smooth. And so I, I really add it all up, and I think you have a fun car to drive that's economical and the price points. It's fun. It's unlike, a, say, a Prius where you think you're just driving a, uh, you know, an appliance like maybe a, a dishwasher or a toaster oven. This is, this is fun. This has some feeling in it. Yes. Okay, number seven on the list is Volkswagen Passat, $25,495 as tested. I'm a Volkswagen guy. I know that you're a Volkswagen guy. Uh, I just think that, you know, the, despite all of Volkswagen's troubles in the last few years, I, I've always been impressed with them, and I, and I wrote about this car that while it's not a luxury vehicle, it's influenced by some of the higher-priced German uh, counterparts. The cabin materials including well include as well-matched dark plastic trim are straightforward and handsome the navigation system is adequate but several competitors have larger and higher resolution screens the Passat offers a quiet comfortable ride yes I think you're right I do like the uh, interiors on German cars it's just very tidy it's like the maid just came through and cleaned up your room it's it, there's no uh, silly materials involved or, or funny uh, angles it's it's neat and clean like a you know a well manicured office or something that's very well said Bruce I like the fact that you said like a maid I never I should have used that analogy in my review that's can I steal that the maid oh yes that's a, okay okay so I wrote also that the Volkswagen exterior designs also define efficiency and simplicity much like you said the lack of sharp edges or odd swooping roof line or other attention grabbing uh, styles makes the Passat even more attractive. It's like a blue blazer, simultaneously casual, stylish, and versatile. Yeah, and no more uh, diesel motors, right? No more diesel motors. They, they're still figuring out how much everybody's going to oh, get. Oh, that's going to cost them. It's a mess. Okay, number eight, the Honda CRV. Uh, if I remember correctly, about $34,000, $35,000, somewhere in that price point. Um, you know, CRVs, I don't know if there's a better modestly priced uh, versatile SUV uh, that you get you know if you put if you put a two-year-old Honda CRV on the market for sale it's going to be gone in half a day right so in terms of its uh, popularity resale value 
I think it's, it's probably one of the most versatile cars on the market. It's just like the Honda Accord for, is for sedans, that thing is to the SUV market. Yes. Good looking now, finally. They've, they've had a lot of ugly ones through the years. Yeah. But it, it looks good now. Yeah, it's, it's a, a fifth generation for 2017. Uh, the car's now 23 years old. I didn't think that they made CRVs for, for 23 years. I guess, thinking about it now, they have been around for a while. Uh, it's slightly longer and wider and taller than the previous models. Uh, it looks substantially larger because of its new stocky appearance, embellished by a less than attractive protruding tail lights. That's kind of a funky look. I didn't really Yeah, like I don't know what they're doing there. It kind of reminds me of a Toyota Highlander. Yes, yes. Uh, the ground clearance is uh, a little bit more, so they're trying to make it maybe a little bit more versatile uh, approach for maybe, I don't know if you can really take that car off-road, but maybe a little, I don't know. Maybe not. Not so much. That's not, not so much. So, Honda CRV, hard to go wrong. You go in and you negotiate your best price and you get a car that's going to last you 10 years. It could be a family car, it could be a one person car, it could be a soccer mom's car. It could, it, you could put your dog in the Two car. Two wheel drive, four wheel drive. Yeah, it's, it's got a lot, lot to offer. Right. Okay, number nine and number 10. Not too many years I've done two, two of the same brands, but. I've been a Volvo fan forever. I think that, you know, I would love to go to Sweden to go to their, you know, fly and buy program where you go over there on a vacation. You, they, they, they give you two tickets. They put you up in a hotel. You go to the tour of the factory. You buy a car for less than the cost you here. You don't have any destination charges. Someday in a fantasy world, I'm going to go to Sweden and, and buy a Volvo. So the S90 uh, is, you know, it's, it's a plush top line sedan that, it's not going to sell as many as BMW or Mercedes-Benz or Audi, but I just love this car. It's the new flagship of, of the brand. It replaces the S90. Uh, it's sleek, and its uh, features just are great, and it takes Volvo past the fact that people often still think about Volvos as just sturdy but kind of ugly-looking uh, with not much class or panache, the word you use. So did you drive that Volvo? Do you remember driving yes, it? Yes, I did. I, I like it. It reminds me of the old ones. Yes. Uh, like the, when they used to build the old uh, boxy ones. It feels heavy. Mm -hmm. It feels, uh, you know, quiet. You feel like you're driving a tank, and, and these kind of feel this, have that same feel to them, but mm -hmm. now, guess what? They got some styling to them. Right. And it has uh, two models, the T5 and the T6. I drove the T6, has 316 horsepower, turbocharger and a supercharger, uh, has an 8-speed automatic transmission, front-wheel drive, and the T6, as I drove, has all-wheel drive. So you get a lot of options. Uh, you know, it has a lot of neat things like 19-inch wheels, adaptive uh, LED headlights, headlight washers, Napa leather upholstery seats, which is a high-end seat, heating and cooling seats. Uh, you know, leather wrap dash panel, uh, walnut trim accents, four zone climate control. You know, it, it's, it has a lot to offer. Yeah, they're, they're really trying to push the envelope on the safety features. Uh, they're like trying to stay a jump ahead of like Mercedes as far as their uh, adaptive uh, cruise control. And they're actually, they have, a, as I understand it, a, uh, an adaptive uh, driving mode now, kind of yes. like the Tesla. So they're, uh, they're trying to stay ahead in uh, the electronics packages as well. Yes, I do remember that. Uh, the, I like the adaptive driver mode, which you know, transitions well into the, the last car on the list, which is the most recent car. I haven't fully reviewed it yet, but it's also a Volvo, and it was the 
the V90 uh, cross-country all-wheel drive, as you would call it, in the, I love the term estate wagon. For Mercedes, For yes. For Mercedes, that's right. So this car, is, uh, as I drove it, was $64,640. I drove it from Sacramento to the LA Auto Show and back. And this car does nothing wrong, it's, it, it, and it does everything right. It, it just has a, a very solid, comfortable feel. The seats are fantastic. The, the comfort in the car was, you know, as I get older, if I'm driving a car long distance, you can feel some, you know, I get knee pain or your lower back hurts or you just feel getting a little bit cramped up in the car. This car, I felt always at ease. The cruise control is, you just push a little, little button and there's no like, oh, did I do it right? Did I do it wrong? It's just very uh, intuitive, little tiny button. And I was going 77. Um, for you know a couple hours at a time sometimes sometimes I wasn't on cruise control and all of a sudden I would look down and I was going 85 and I had no idea this it's just so smooth and and so quiet and as a wagon I, I'm just traveling by myself but it's got a lot of space a lot of pass-through areas you can configure the rear seats and it has that typical Scandinavian solid you, you felt completely safe you know I have to drive over the grapevine to and from and there was never any doubts that you know when an 18 wheeler goes by you're going to be you know pushed all over the road I really like the looks of it too it's yes. it's hard to it's almost embarrassing to admit I like to look at it you know <laughs> being a an estate wagon or a, or a station wagon station wagon you can't you can't say station wagon yeah anymore. I can I can't even say the word I'm so afraid of it <laughs> station wagon um, but I actually like looking at it, just sitting there, walking around it, looking at the lines of the cars. Yes. Really, really easy on the eyes. And when you open the door and get in there, it's uh, it's got sort of that German tidiness, yes. but with a little, maybe a little frosting on it. So it looks a little, a little fancier than a, than a German, but not as, not silly like a lot of the Japanese cars have now. Those sleek, very, as you used the word stealth earlier, it has those wonderful stealth headlights that are kind of long yes. and angular oh man they're be they're beautiful to look at and, and the whole as you said the whole exterior of the car just it looks it looks top dog and it's a wagon it's <laughs> it's smooth it's quiet it feels it feels like a heavy car that very substantial and it, it's rated um, 22 miles per gallon in the city 30 miles per gallon on the highway most of the miles that I drove were on the freeway. You get to L.A., you've got to go on some city streets and so forth. And considering, if I, if I know this correctly, if I have this right, when they do those miles per gallon, the highway miles, they're going at the speed limit. But I was going, oh, yeah. I was going substantially faster than that speed limit, some, you know, sometimes 80. Again, cars flying by. But I got 28.9 miles to the gallon on that trip, which considering the air conditioner was on sometimes, the heat was on, and I was going faster than the speed limit, I thought, well, good for Volvo. They got this pretty close to accurate on the miles per gallon, considering I was exceeding the speed limit and I had the other functions of the car on much of the time. Small motors with turbochargers. Yep. Better gas mileage, yep. That, that, so. Oh, and this one had a head-up display, too, which I really enjoy. Oh, I wish display, every, yes. every car had those things. Yeah, and also it had little, even little touches. I think I told you this um, in an email or on the phone one day that, it has the side lane detection, but instead of just having this obnoxious beep of a light, it had this nice curvature on the light to let you know. You could see the alert that somebody was there, but you didn't get bolted out of your seat like you're about to get in a crash. You it know? didn't admonish you. It, it just did, advised yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to scroll down the list go through this real quickly. Bentley Bontega, number one. Number two, Hyundai Genesis. Number three, Lincoln MKZ Hybrid. 
Number four, Toyota Prius Prime Hybrid. Number five, Kia Nero. Number six is the Mazda 3. Number seven, Volkswagen Passat. Number eight, Honda CRV. Number nine, Volvo S90 sedan. And number 10, Volvo V90 cross country estate wagon. So if I was going cheap, I'd buy the Mazda 3. Yes. If I was in the middle and I want utility, I'd get the uh, Volvo V90. Yes. And if cost no object, there's no, hands down, that Bentega would win. Fantastic car. Yep, I agree. So thanks as always for joining us on the Weekly Driver podcast. Make sure to visit my website, theweeklydriver.com, and we'll be back at you next week. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye. The Weekly Driver podcast receives support from americantrucks.com, your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer, bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. americantrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality. Visit americantrucks.com for your chance to win $17,760 in upgrades for your truck.